to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. The lesson this morning appropriately comes from the book of the Revelation. Goodness gracious. Becky's trying to convince me to teach the book of the Revelation, and I'm about to concede and go ahead and I'm going to do that. And the preacher will be teaching the book of the Revelation soon. I will predict a date. (laughs) From the book of the Revelation... The seventh chapter, hear these words. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white? And where have they come from? I said to him, sir, you're the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we start this message from the book of the Revelation, I refer you to the great band of British theologians known as Chumbawamba. And to their theological exposition that has this referring lyrical lilting line. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I wonder why I cannot be a rock star with that as the lines. Over and over and over, Chubbawamba in 2003 sang this, and we were playing it, and we were singing it. I wonder if you're living it. I get knocked down, but I get up again. 
We have entered and turned to the fascinating and frustrating book of the Revelation of John. And what is going on is there is great turmoil. We've got bowls and seals and trumpets. We've got dragons and beasts and and all kinds of mayhem going on. And there are these interludes dispersed throughout the book of the Revelation where we forget about the tribulation And we go to heaven and see what's going on there. And so John has taken us to this place called heaven. And one of the elders says, well, who are all these people? And John says, I don't know. And the elder answers, they are the ones who have come out of the great ordeal. The Greek word is thalipsis. You may translate it correctly, ordeal, tribulation, testing, and you would be correct. These are the ones that have been living life. Jesus said to the disciples, I say this to you so you might have peace. In the world, you face persecution. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. I'm following you so that everything will work out in my life. I'm following you so I'll have a good and happy life. I want everything to be a rose garden. And Jesus, you're saying in the world I'm going to have persecution. And we've got a list of people in the book of the Revelation coming out of the great tribulation or the great ordeal or the great living. What's up, Jesus? This is not what I signed up for, but isn't it the way you've been living? How's it been for you in the great COVID? You can translate thalipsis as COVID. These are the ones coming out of the great COVID. Has th- have things just worked out for you really well? Are you enjoying what we're living through? But we've gotten through. Or we're getting through. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is is how do you make it? How do you live? How do you sustain yourself when you're living through the great disruption? When things are not going as you had planned them. When you're overwhelmed. When you can't keep up. When you wonder if it's ever going to get better. Paul said this, but we boast in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. I want to go straight to hope. I would like to skip that whole suffering thing. I'm not sure I want to deal with endurance because endurance is sort of like praying for patience. Don't ever pray for patience because everything will start happening to you. And you wonder, why is everything happening to me? Because you prayed for patience and God is letting you practice being patient. We've got the same thing going on in this Pauline line of stuff. Suffering. Gets us endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. I want to skip and go straight to hope. I don't want to suffer. And then Paul said this. 
We have this treasure in clay jars, so it's made clear that the extraordinary power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be visible in our bodies. That's the Apostle Paul talking about reality. Life is sometimes tough. Life sometimes has what we call disruption. Disruption. You had plans, couldn't carry them through. You had hopes, maybe you've had to put them off. You've had all these things happen to you in 2020. Your life Your plans, your hopes, your goals were disruptive. How do you live with disruption? How do you move from disruption to hope? You need two things the Bible talks about. First of all, you need something called resilience. And I was listening to Raleigh. Raleigh Walker preached in early service and he was talking about resilience. I wondered if he'd come and looked at my notes. And I'm going to start paying a nickel to whoever listens for every time you hear Nick Saban in a press conference use the word resiliency. He doesn't say resilience. He says resiliency. Resilience. That's being tough. That's getting up and doing tomorrow what you did today. It's getting up, getting in the shower, getting yourself dressed, and getting yourself to school. Or it's doing that and going to work. It's even though you're overwhelmed, even though you don't know how you're going to get done what you need to get done, you get up every day and you do what is right. You do what is expected of you. You do your job, you live as a Christian. That's how you develop resilience. That's how you develop toughness. That's how you develop tenacity. That's how you keep going in the midst of all this. In the 29th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, there is... uh, An answer to a letter that was sent. The exiles in Babylon wrote back to Jeremiah and they said, Dear Jeremiah, we hate Babylon. We hate our houses. We hate the people. We hate the food. We want to come back home. It was like those of us who used to go to church camp and we'd write our moms or our dads, Hello, mother. Hello, Father. Things are real lousy in camp in Sonata. We don't like the food. We don't like the people. We don't like the schedule. We want to come back home. In other words, they'd cut off a nice chunk of wine, and they were whining, hoping their parents would say, There, there, there. It's okay, you sweetie. I'll come pick you up and bring you home. 
God responds back to this complaint. And he says this to his people. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what I want you to do, exiles. I want you to build houses and live in them. I want you to plant gardens and eat what they produce. I want you to take wives and have sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give them to your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease and seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf and on for the welfare you will find there and for the welfare you will have there. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Don't listen to these prophets who are telling you you're going home soon. You're not. You'll be in exile for 70 years. Now, folks, you got to get tough. When disruption enters your life, you've got to have resilience. You've got to get up and do what you've done. You've got to put one foot in front of the other foot and then put the next foot. The Greek word is hupomone. It's endurance. You keep plugging away. You've got to deal with disruption by developing resilience in yourself and you need to add to that Imagination. Imagination. What can God do for you? How can God help you as you journey? As you're putting one step in front of the other. Can you imagine God changing the direction of your life? Can you imagine God giving you the insight and the direction that you need to go? Can you imagine that the Holy Spirit comes into you in such a way that you know what the will of God is for your life and then gives you that peace and the strength to follow the will of God for your life? You overcome disruption by resilience and imagination, imagining what God can do in your life. Back in the Old Testament, Moses sent the spies into the promised land. God had promised them this land and said, it's yours, I'm going to give it to you. It's, it's better than you could ever imagine. It's a land flowing with milk and honey and it's got grapes and olives and, and trees and it's just great. So the Hebrews did what most people do when facing great opportunity. They formed a committee. They said, we need a committee to go in and verify what God has just told us. So they spent, the, they, they formed the 12 spy committee and the 12 spy committee was assigned with the task of going into the promised land and seeing if God was telling the truth. Imagine that. So they creep into the promised land. 
Nobody saw them cross the border. They go in and they spy it out. And they bring back some grapes and they bring back some olives and they come back and there's a report written. The majority report is written and it says, it is just as God told us It's a land flowing with milk and honey. You can't imagine how beautiful it is. These people have been wandering in the desert. Anything green is going to excite them. You can't imagine how wonderful it is, how fruitful it is. It is just everything God told us it was. And the people cheered, yay! And the majority of the committee go, but there are Nephilim in the land. Nephilim is the Hebrew word for NBA sinners and forwards. It's the Hebrew word for giant. There are Nephilim in the land, and we're just little old Hebrew people. And those Nephilim are going to beat the tar out of us. Joshua and Caleb said, wait a minute. God promised us this land. God knows how to handle Nephilim. They have bad ankles and weak knees. God will kneecap them and we can take the land. And the Hebrews say, uh-oh. We can't imagine God fighting for us. Oh, doubting Thomas. You know, he wasn't there the first night, the first, first Easter He said, I'm not going to believe Jesus is resurrected until I stick my fingers in the the holes in his hand and stick my hand in his side. Thomas doesn't doubt. Thomas just lacks imagination. That God can and will do for you what he promised he can and will do for you. Are you leaning on the word? Are you trusting the promises of God to get you through this disruption? God wants us to imagine. He tells a 75-year-old Abraham, get out of your daddy's house. I'm going to show you a land that you're going to inherit, and you're going to be the father of a great nation. He tells Abraham that when he's 90 years old, and Abraham has to wait 10 years before Isaac comes. Can you imagine being 99 years old and going to the fertility clinic? Well, that's what Abraham was doing. But he can imagine God could do it. The exiles in Jeremiah's time were having a tough time imagining they would ever go home. But the prophets kept telling them, you're going to go home. The disciples watching Jesus die had a hard time imagining that their movement, that their Lord would ever live again. What is it you're having a hard time imagining God doing for you? Who are these people? They're the ones that have come out of the great ordeal. They're the ones that have lived life. They've made it through. It is All Saints Sunday. It's a Sunday where we're reminded that the church goes on. That the church triumphant or those saints that have made it through the ordeal that are around the throne of God that are singing the songs of praises. And the book of Hebrews says that 
heaven is sort of like a stadium, a little bit like you're seated now. Heaven's like a stadium, and the people who have gone on before us are there cheering us on as we run our race of faith. They're cheering us on and encouraging us, don't let the disruption distract you. Go ahead and do the things you need to do, but I want you to imagine what God can do for you. And allow God's spirit to dwell in you and to help you run the race of faith. So this morning, whether you're receiving communion with the fellowship cups or whether you come down to the altar to receive communion or whether you're at home, the Bible says you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is there with you. Christ is present in the sacrament. And the church is always taught that the very saints of God are right there too, cheering you on. Don't get disrupted. Develop a little resilience and imagine what God can do with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.